Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet, and we are streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio today after Labor Day. Hope everybody had a great Labor Day, and I am super excited to have Holly Boyce on our podcast today. She is a cancer survivor herself. And she's going to be talking about health and fitness after cancer, but not just after cancer, just health and fitness in general also. But she's going to be sharing her personal story um, and how she has helped patients after cancer. So, Holly, without further ado, welcome to our show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, I am excited too. So um, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about um, your, your background. Yeah. Uh, so I am Holly Boyce. I, um, have been a personal trainer, nutrition coach for man, probably 10 ish years. I think now, um, my journey kind of started after cancer. So 12 years ago I was diagnosed with breast cancer and, um, it was a stage two B went through all the treatments, the chemo, the radiation, the, the meds, the whole nine yards of stuff. And I was kind of in this field of family services prior. And when I was finished with all my treatment, I just, I really wanted to dive more into health and fitness and why, you know, why, how can I be the best version of myself and how can I stay on the planet as long as I am blessed to be here? (laughs) So, um, I just, I, I kind of switched career paths. I went into this world of health and fitness and kind of have, have been in it ever since in some way, shape or form, um, specialized for a little while in, in treating, um, cancer, like post-cancer patients, really. It was, it was mostly before there's a few, I guess, during, uh, treatment, but I was kind of that person that was the anomaly in, in cancer. I was, in chemo treatment on Thursday afternoon or, and then I went to the gym right after chemo treatment. And then I went to home to sleep because I knew I had a two hour window and I, you know, so I always had that, like, I just want to feel normal kind of thing, but I've always loved health and fitness. And, uh, yeah, so that's a long winded version of my story. Janet, what, what kind of questions do you have for Holly? Okay, Holly. So, did you ever get to a point where you weren't able to exercise during your treatments? I mean, was, was there a stall point or were you got blown through the whole thing without any? Yeah. Um, I, no, I actually was able to exercise the whole time. Now I, I definitely had to exercise differently. Um, I, I was a runner prior to all this. And so I would want to go like run miles. Definitely couldn't do anything like that. Um, I, we had, uh, a program that had like little circuit training. So I would spend 30 minutes or so, and then I'd walk or run, you know, like I say, run jog on the treadmill. Um, and I realized that that's not entirely the most common thing that you hear, but it's possible. And I've seen people besides myself do that. So I know, um, I knew myself in the window of time that I had where I had the energy to do it, but I had to be very, very careful during that time. And I had doctor permission, of course, um, to just not overdo it because it would have been very easy to do at that point. So what does, when, when you talk about health and fitness and especially let's just focus since we are on cancer patients, um, there's probably a lot more to it than just your typical working out and, um, you know, diet and stuff like that. There's probably a lot of, you know, mental stuff you have to process, things like that. Can you go into that? 
Yeah. Um, that, that is a, <laughs> so post-cancer is really when I actually had to kind of think about that stuff a lot more. I was definitely the type that was like, I just want to focus on August 17th. That's my last day of all the things. I just want to get to the finish line. It was like running a race, right? I finished the race of treatment or whatever. And I was like, whoa, what just happened? I have two little babies. I just went through this thing that tried to kill me, you know, and it really was this, um, this mental piece of, I, I needed to process some things. I needed to start taking care of myself a little bit better. And I was kind of forced to do that during cancer, but I was, I, prior to that, I was the type that was always go, go, go. I was high stress jobs. I was, you know, high stress person. And it changed me so much that I had to kind of process this new me and this new normal and the things that I, I used to believe and I used to think and want to do. And the, you know, the, even in the, the job field and stuff like that, I just, I had to process what do I want for my life now? And so that really came at, um, with a lot of, I thought that I was kind of crazy for a while. I'm like, why am I'm done with cancer? Why am I stressing about this right now? But it's very, very, very common for people, especially that kind of went through the treatment like I did with just like, let's just get to the end to kind of process a lot of that stuff after. So it took, a, it took quite a while to go through all of the emotions that I had, I kind of ignored for a while. Um, I had to go through all that. I had to kind of go through this new, um, you know, I had surgeries and stuff in there. So obviously I wasn't able to do all the things that I used to be able to do. And, um, I just kind of had to create this new normal of a life and, um, some people got it and some people didn't. And that's, that, that was tough, but, um, you know, ultimately I feel like I took more from the disease than it definitely, than it took from me. So I kind of just live my life like that, um, as, as a result of all that too. So do you think because of you staying active during your treatments, do you think that it helped, um, you actually recover faster? hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I, I know that's not the case for um, everybody. I know that not, er, you know, everybody's case is a little bit different, but because I was able to, you know, keep moving, um, keep moving my body in some way, shape or form that whole time, it definitely lessened, you know, some of my side effects that I had from all these medicines. I was able to, um, I still had side effects, of course, but they were definitely um, lessened. And even the doctors and I talked about it afterwards. I'm like, this was um, definitely the recommended thing. And especially 12 years ago, that really wasn't um, like talked about a lot. Like it wasn't, it was encouraged for me to do that after I was done with all my treatment, but not during. I was just one of those people that I'm like, no, I can do this. It's fine. Um, but now, 12 years later, that is one of the things that they encourage people to do is to keep moving in some way. So it definitely has some, um, you know, obviously research to support that now, but it probably did back then, but it just wasn't really common for them to talk to you about like, okay, make sure you, you know, get some movement in. They're just like, here's some meds. So you don't puke, you know, like it was, that's, that's all I I felt like, I, I don't know, I guess that's, that's how it was is a while ago though. Yeah. Movement is medicine. We talk about it on our podcast all the time. Movement is yeah. medicine for sure. Yeah. And then there's a mental aspect that comes with that too. I think of like, I just felt 
like I had a little bit of control and normalcy in my life when I was doing those things. So I could just, um, you know, I could, I could walk and I could do those things. And it just gave me, because everything was kind of mentally out of control. You know, you've got this disease that just barges into your life and everything is turned upside down. It gave me a little bit of something that I could kind of grasp onto. So I think for my mental health, it was huge as well as the physical piece of it. Dana, what questions do you have for Holly? Okay, Holly, what does it look like now with people that you are helping um, with training? I mean, how do they come to you? Are they referred? Are, do you advertise? Yeah. How does that so right now it's just kind of word of mouth <laughs> because okay. I had a studio. Um, I, I I actually was kind of living the dream, um, had a studio, was training cancer survivors. Um, and then unfortunately that was uh, 10 months in when COVID hit. And so uh, the fitness industry in Washington, unfortunately, was shut down for, hmm. um, right. in, in my personal opinion, a little bit too long. Yeah. Um, so I was unable to do my job and keep that studio. So that piece of it, um, where I was actually able to do that more on a daily basis, has definitely changed. And so now it's just kind of, we have to get a little creative. I've trained people at their houses. I've trained people at certain gyms that I have relationships with and things like that. So um, it just looks a little different now. So because I don't have a space, it's just more referral based at this point. So what is your, as far as your training sessions go? So what is your go-to? I know everybody's your personal trainer, so everything's personal, but yeah, you know, how many days a week, how long strength training, cardio, you know, I like, I really, really like when people are willing to do, I know personal training can get expensive. And so people like to go, oh, I just want to come once a week. But honestly, it will benefit you so much in the beginning if you can get that like three days a weekend, if you could do yeah. a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, just to start and then work me out of my job. Like I, I don't need to yeah. stay in your life forever, but it's just like, it's just getting that habit and that routine and that system. You know how to like do the either the machines if you're at a gym or dumbbells or at-home workouts. I mean, there's so many ways, but it's just about establishing the habit of fitness. And when when people do reach out, they're just like, oh, you know, I just want to come once a week. And, and that can work if you're really highly, highly motivated to do the other two days. But I know how hard it is um, in the beginning to to do that. So I like to kind of go three um, for a while and then till they feel good, then two, then one, and then you don't need me anymore. I mean, like I, I don't need to stay in some, I mean, sometimes I've been in people's lives for like 10 years, but you know, there's a, there's a few people that just um, are like that. But for the most part, it's just, it it really is just about establishing a habit. And how does that work in your life? right now. And so I want some kind of cardio type movement. So a lot of times we'll walk, um, like, honestly, I love walking with my clients. So we don't usually do that at the sessions necessarily. Sometimes we'll just do it on the side where we'll go out and walk because walking, being outside for one, huge. Um, number two, um, we are exercising and moving our body. But then there's something that happens when you're walking with somebody and you just start talking about things and then we get the emotional piece out too. So then it's like win, win, win for all the things. But cancer survivors, all people, we need strength training anyway. So we do have to be in the gym too. Um, so, you know, upper body, lower body, uh, core, stuff like that, all, all the basics of that. But it just kind of depends on how 
Um, I like finding what people like. So if you're more of a um, fun-loving, dancing kind of gal, then we'll find something that's more like that style. If you're like, no, I did really good when I was in CrossFit when I, you know, 10 years ago when I used to work out all the time, fine, we'll do stuff like that. It's just trying to find what people's kind of passion, what makes them tick, what gets them excited and want to do this. And then we build off that because if you don't like uh, lifting weights, CrossFit style, then if I do that with you every three days a week, you're gonna be like, I hate you. I don't want to come to you. Right. Again. Um, so it's just about kind of finding what makes that person excited. Um, and if they're, if they're like, I've never worked out, then we're like, okay, cool. Let's find something you like. We'll try all the things now. And so it's just, there's so many different styles of exercise. And as long as you find something that allows you to move to get you started for the habit, that's all I'm, I'm concerned about in the beginning. Well, and I think that's what and we get questions all the time about, you know, what do I do? How do I start? You know, if they have, if they want to buy equipment, what kind of equipment yeah. should I buy? It's like, look, remember you're doing nothing now. Right. So whatever you start doing is going to be better than nothing. And you just progress from there. And right. so I try to tell people, don't get, bogged down in the details. I mean, even if you don't have any kind of weight, just do body weight stuff, you know, yeah. do push-ups, do sit-ups, do whatever crunches, um, do body weight squats, whatever it takes just to do something. Um, and then you can always add weight later. Yeah. I love that. And I, there are so many tools I feel like out there that don't even cost money. I mean, like if, if trainer is not in your budget right now, that's fine. Like there's so many other things. There's so many online workouts that you could grab yeah. from. There's just being outside when I was having a tough time and I was I injured myself. I just went walking every day with my dog just because I got to keep doing something. And that might not have been the most calorie burning. We, we have to kind of wrap our heads around the fact that yes, we want to burn maybe lots of calories and, and, you know, lose weight or whatever, but we also can just establish a pattern of like, I'm going to do this every day, no matter what. And this is going to be my new normal and doing that. And then just building off of those things. That's, I feel like what we, we can't be in that all or nothing mentality where we have to do it. Like I have to go lift hundreds of pounds or I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Sometimes well, I, I get like that. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Right, but I think when when you're starting from a recovery point, you have to be realistic too. Absolutely. And reality is is that you know your goal is different. Your goal is yes. to get out to live again and be healthy again. And so yes, you build on that where you are. I mean, I think that's that's one of the things that I think can be very overwhelming for people is like they feel like they can do absolutely anything, and I'm like, just start with something. Yeah. Start. And yeah. you know, that's where it's kind of nice to have somebody like you alongside them because the motivation, the encouragement, hey, I've been there, you know, let's try this is a is a nice tool. It really is. It, it's yeah. It's, I think I you know what I think also needs to happen is just that it, it's it's kind of that check-in. Like I, I have people that I'll just text them. I'm like, hey, did you get your work on it? We're not even working out together, but I'm like, did you get your work on it? Dang it. No, I will. I'll go right now. Like it's just having yeah. that, like even that connection with somebody checking on you. It's just knowing that somebody's going to message you and be like, okay, I'll go. You know? <laughs> right. And, and really it's a, it, it's accountability. Um, uh -huh. You know, and I know um, it's, uh, I have a personal coach and I know he holds me accountable to my workouts. Yeah. I mean, I, he's not rude about it at all or anything, but I know he no. checks my workouts on Mondays. 
and I want to make sure my workouts were done for the week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yes. Yes, totally. You don't want to so let them there, there's, there's something to be said about having a personal trainer or a coach. And uh, because it does, it's more than just, you know, going through the motions. And, and if you've been doing it long enough, you could probably figure out the workouts yourself. But it, that still doesn't um, have the accountability like it does when you're, st- when you're working out with a, with a personal trainer. Yeah. And you know, what's funny. I am a personal trainer. I do know what workouts I'm supposed to be doing, but do you know how hard it is sometimes to get up and do it? It's like, Oh, I don't want to go today. I'm tired. Oh, I think my leg hurts. You know, then I'll like think that I have this major injury and like, my leg doesn't hurt. Just go. (laughs) Well, it's kind of a, a, a joke in the industry, although it's really truth is that, you know, just because you're a personal trainer or you're a fitness coach or whatever, um, doesn't mean you don't need a coach yourself. And, and oh, I yes. know, I know, um, people that are f- personal trainers or coaches and they have coaches themselves. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> I mean, well, and uh, sometimes the reason is, is, um, I think sometimes it's driven athletes. If pe- people are really driven and they're athletic, um, sometimes a coach is there to tell them when not to work out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's important too. For sure. And I, you know, when I've had um, coaches in the past, it's mostly because I'm like, I I know how to do all the things. I just want you to write the plan so I don't have to think about it. I don't want to make any more decisions today. I've literally made 10 billion decisions by the end of the day. And by the time I'm going to get to this workout, I don't want to actually think about what I'm doing. I just want to show up and I want to do it. And that's what I need sometimes. And and sometimes I'll just take the thing and then go, okay, I think I'm going to do this, this, but I just don't want to have that decision sometimes. And I think that's where some people will choose to not go do anything. It's because they're like, Oh, I just don't know what to do. Or I don't, you know, want to go scroll through Pinterest and find a workout or, you know, whatever. They just don't want to make any more choices. And so they're just like, I think I'll just sit here and, you know, scroll social or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Decision fatigue. It's a real thing. Yeah. That's why you should do your most important decisions in the morning. So work out in the morning. <laughs> yes. It's harder. It's easy to say no to a workout in the afternoon or evening. Yes. Definitely. You got lots of excuses. Yes. I agree. So before the show, you were talking about the importance of strength training. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's really been a topic a lot in the health and fitness industry. Um, and how important strength training is. And I know that for years it was thought about, you know, this goes back many years ago, um, you know, 40, 50 years ago, 40 years ago when I first started strength training, you know, only bodybuilders and powerlifters strength trained and strength training was going to cause you to get bulky and you wouldn't be able to move very fast. So basketball players and baseball players, they couldn't do it. And well, that's largely been debunked. And now we've shown the importance of strength training for everybody. Um, Can you talk about that? Yeah, uh, definitely. I feel like there's like this stigma with women sometimes where they don't want to do it because of the same thing. They don't want to like, well, I don't want big giant muscles. I just want to, you know, do whatever. I'm like, I don't think you understand how much work it takes to get those big giant muscles. It's not just lifting your 10 pounds, you know, like we've, but we've got to, um, we've got to build that muscle um, for a lot of reasons, but I think that doing that, that consistency is, is huge. And I feel like 
it definitely has to be at least like three days a week for it, for the people that I work with and even myself, we've got to get in there and make sure that those muscles, because though they're helping our movement patterns in general, like, right. Because we're, we're doing all the things that we do in a, in a day or we're sitting all day long. We've got to be able to move those muscles so we can kind of do all the things that we want to do in, in life as well. But the, yeah, the strength training is, is huge. And I, think that people don't realize how much it takes to get those big bulky muscles that they're talking about. It takes a lot more. I've, I watched my son try to bulk up for um, college football this last, this last summer to go into college football season this year. And I'm like, gosh, it takes so, I mean, it takes so much just to get uh, that, that bigger muscle that they're looking at. So like, we can't be, you know, afraid of that. Well, um, and, and um, of course, women respond different than men too. So, well, yes, true. And and, and typically, women aren't going to get big, bulky muscles. Typically, right. Um, but it's so important to have good, lean body mass, and especially as we age, because we lose up to five percent of our lean body mass every ten years after the age of thirty. So. If you're not trying to maintain that or even gain it, and you can yeah. gain lean body mass into your 50s, I mean, easy, um, but you have to do strength training. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I love helping. Um, I, I used to train older clients um, a lot when I first started um, and just just these, these little older ladies that are in there and they're doing their little... Um, uh, Oh my gosh, the little machine with the ca- the cable machine, and they're on there. And they're just like they just feel strong too. So I mean, there's obviously this physical aspect to it, but mentally it just makes you feel like confident. Like yeah, I, I don't know. There's just this confidence that kind of comes from all of that too. We're just lifting something, or like I was able to do this today, and I couldn't do that the other day because. But and I don't think it's too late to start. So if you've not been doing it, I mean, let's let's go now. You know, like. Yeah. There, there is, it's, it's not too late at this point. <clears throat> well, and, and one thing I think we forget about, about strength training is that we, we forget how functional it is. So, mm-hmm. um, for instance, if you're lifting, uh, um, you know, there, there's a lot of people that get injured when they lift something. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're regularly lifting and you're stronger and your muscles are more developed, you have a less chance of getting injured, um, lifting something on a day-to-day routine. Yeah. Yeah. I love functional. Um, I love functional fitness anyway, and use a lot of that stuff, um, because there is less equipment, um, in different, you know, people can do the, a lot of these things from their home, but for that very reason, it just makes your day-to-day life a lot easier. You've, you're pushing things, you're pulling things, you're lifting things, you're picking up things. We've got to do that without, um, we have, you know, we're, if we're sitting all day and we're not doing all those things, when we go to, you know, get something, lift something, pick it up off the floor, we're going to injure our backs and, and then be, um, you know, out for who knows how long with some kind of injury. So definitely, definitely need to have that, um, functional piece as well. I love that functional fitness stuff. Jenny, you're going to say something. I am. I'm listening to all this and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh my, it isn't, it isn't just the lean body mass that, that I'm concerned about is as we age, we need our bones to be healthy and that includes yes. too, because, you know, you fall and break a hip and 
you know, you think of a cancer survivor, all those chemicals that were put in them and all the side effects from them, they need to repair and have strong bones. And so the only way you can do that is weight bearing. There's just no other way. And I know nutrition is important to it too, but it is super, super good for your bones. I mean, you just don't get the results from the other things out there. So, you know, when ladies are worried about bulking up, you know, it's, you have some bone tissue and let's, let's build on it and protect it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And, and a lot of those meds, they do make it like they do deteriorate some of that bone. Um, and it is, it is very, very vital. And, and a lot of the cancer doctors around here now are, are very much for strength training after, you know, once you're able to do that. And, um, you know, some people can do that during, but especially after once you've got that, um, and getting mobility back, a lot of times these surgeries are not giving them, you know, mobility. And so they're not able to do some of those exercises the way that they used to. And so there's definitely, um, there's definitely benefit from that, but those meds, there's, there's a lot of, I was reading the labels of some of those things way back in the day and it's not, it's not pretty. <laughs> no, there's some, there's some nasty side effects. I mean, they're, yeah. they're killing cells. So yeah. unfortunately they kill some healthy cells too. So, yeah. for sure. So um, as we wind this podcast up, Holly, tell us, what do you have a passion for? I just have a passion for helping people find confidence in their daily life. And I know this is all health and fitness, but I feel like it all ties in because helping people pick up the pieces off the floor when like things like cancer or anything comes in your life and kind of shatters that, you know, world that you had going on at some point, just being able to pick up those pieces one at a time and using health and fitness as a way to kind of move into the door of, of someone's life to be able to do that, to show them that they can pick up those pieces and kind of rebuild whatever it is that they want that to look like. And I, I just really feel like, um, health and fitness has been a way that I've been able to do that, uh, in, in my life. Um, just because it's my passion, I can kind of share that with other people, but just giving people confidence again, especially after some of these things in life, life happens sometimes. And it, it's not always pretty, but we can move to the next. We can take more from our struggle than it takes from us. And that's kind of been my motto for the last 12 years. And um, that's kind of what I want to pass on to other people. That's awesome. So what's Thank the you. best way to get a hold of you, Holly, if somebody has questions? Um, I'm on Instagram at the Holly Boyce and Facebook is Holly Boyce 411 and uh com is my website. It's kind of getting a little bit of a facelift here coming up though. So awesome. <laughs> stay tuned. Awesome. So what would you, the last sentence as we wind up this podcast, what would you like to end on? Oh, uh, I'm going to go with today is a good day to have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> it, every every day is a good day. Some are better than others. So absolutely, who is going to be on our podcast Thursday? And oh yes. So um, speaking of health and fitness, uh, Thursday we will have Robbie Ra back on our podcast. She's been on our podcast before. She is rocking it, um, teaching the world how to work out. She is uh, in Buffalo, New York. And don't miss out on Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, 8 to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time this Thursday. And Holly, thank you so much for being on. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it.
All right. Let's stay in touch. And listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you.